Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, the only podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. And now we have partnered with the only magazine that cares about Scottish rugby. We are now powered by Scrum Magazine. Get on to scrummagazine.com to fo- and follow them on Facebook and on Twitter. Subscribe to their print magazine. Issue number 111 is coming out um, at the end of October. Their November International Special, um, which will be full of all the interviews with the Scotland players and also covering everything going on in the domestic and women's game as well. That's scrummagazine.com to subscribe. Now, onto the pod. We've got Edinburgh back rower Jamie Ritchie, Glasgow assistant coach Mike Blair, and a long conversation about Stuart Hogg's hairline. Here we go. Welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, coming from you live and exclusively this week from Alan's flat. Alan, thanks for having us. No worries. How you doing? Yeah, very well, very well. Um, quite casual you've gone for in your own house this week. Mate, pair of boxes is all you need. I suppose all you need for the pods. And we're actually joined by your wee cat as well. New addition to the family. Yeah, well, all my friends have been getting engaged, so I did the only reasonable thing and panicked and bought a kitten. Is it true that it's called Alan Jacobson? <laughs> we uh i put three names to my girlfriend alan jacobson hugh jones and hugo southwell's left boot and what and, did we go with uh she's called luna so oh. <laughs> so you you compromised the yeah. with, um, with ashley's list I had a real lack of negotiating power <laughs> <laughs> well it's great to have it and matt is uh it's another anime conference isn't it he's in japan yeah you would think that an engaged man Nearly hitting 30, which slowed down in the anime conferences, but no. But no, if, if anything, he's speeding up. Yeah, so, yeah. He's going to be back next week. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us, uh, guys. You'll be listening to us on iTunes or Acast or wherever you get your pods. It's been another really busy week on Twitter. That's at Thistle Rugby Pod. And on Instagram, Alan made his meme debut, Woo! Um, which was great. That's Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pods. And the correspondence continues to flow in, guys. Thanks a lot for um, sending us your emails. That's thethistlerugby at gmail.com. And I'm going to start with one which just came through a couple of hours ago from listener Kyle Alexander. He says, hi, lads. I was planning on taking the misses to the Wales versus Scotland game in the autumn. But then I remembered that I hate the stupid Welsh accent and Cardiff is a shithole. I've got money back from the hotel I have booked and now have two spare tickets for the game. Does anyone want them? So if anyone is interested in going down to the um, the Doddybur Cup, I'd get in touch with Kyle. And to be fair, Cardiff is a shithole, but it is a great night it's out. It's such a great night out. It's like, yeah, putting a stadium in the middle of Princess Street or Socky Hall Street. It's ridiculous. There is... 
no lower moment though than the 10 a.m. in Cardiff Weatherspoons after Scotland have <laughs> lost and you've just missed a, tra- a train. <laughs> Your six-hour train back to Edinburgh. <laughs> I can imagine that is extremely <laughs> bleak. Um, well, so yeah, get in touch with us. Kyle's got a couple tickets for that game. If anyone's looking for them, we will uh, connect you. So get at us in our, in our inbox, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. Kyle, thank you very much for writing in. Right, so we're going to crack into some news. There's been some big news out of Glasgow in particular, literally in the last, like, three hours so that's made our pod quite interesting and then we've got two interviews to help us preview the first weekend of european rugby and it's big we have got um jamie ritchie from edinburgh and uh mike blair from glasgow helping us to preview european cup rugby how good is that what a lineup what a lineup so why don't we get cracking straight into the news and glasgow's prop idol is over Petrus Duplessis from he's come from London Irish but he's probably best known from his time at Saracens where he won two Europeans Cups he is joining um, Glasgow effective immediately until the end of the season Alan what did you make of that yeah didn't really didn't really see it coming although I think there's been rumors that he's been looking to leave London Irish this year so kind of makes sense he played an A-League game for Saracens last week that was it he is 37 so he is looking for that. He's probably looking for that last like nine months. Just something quite nice, playing the Champions Cup. Yeah, and you know what? He's actually probably perfect. What and exactly what Glasgow need? Yeah, an experienced head that can come in and sort of shore up that scrum, um, which it's going to need. Because I suppose it's it would be a big ask. Darcy Ray, Adam Nichol had a great run out last week. He's a young lad. I mean, yeah, packing down against Mako Vunapola is a completely different kettle of fish. <laughs> he would whoever was it in the front row for Zebra. He would have gone starting for Stirling County, starting Pro 14 game, playing against Mako Vunapola. It's just like, <laughs> it's actually unsafe. That is actually quite a steep learning curve. Isn't yeah. It? There's <laughs> only one man that can do that and his name's Daryl Marfo. <laughs> he is the only man in Scottish rugby that can grow at such level. So yeah, welcome Petrus. Uh, there's actually a very good um, chat with him um, on the Glasgow Warriors official podcast if you're interested. In Are we talking about that? that? I don't know. I think, well, they actually, their adverts pop up in between our pod. (laughs) So they're essentially subsidizing us. So thank you very much to the Glasgow Warriors communications team. What, because we're raking all that advertising money? (laughs) The the revenues are getting a bit extreme. We've got too much cash, if anything. I think I worked out our hourly rate and it was something like 71 pence each. That's not bad. Yeah. It, I mean, that's fine. We're returning the rest. Of I the think that's below like the extreme poverty rate. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we're what podcast poverty. Yeah, as <laughs> real as real um, tiny little violin. I can hear playing from <laughs> all of the listeners. So Patrick Dupacy is in at Glasgow. Another uh, and going the other way. Big Brian. It has been confirmed that he is off to Toulon. How weird is that? I think that's going to be the weirdest signing in world rugby. I've got no idea what that's all about. Yeah, I just, I just think it, it just shows you what can happen when you've got like a mad owner who's got complete control over transfer policy. Yeah, entirely. and obviously he's just like, we talked about it last week. Brian's not played a game for Glasgow in ages. Yeah. There's not that much footage of him playing rugby in the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, he just didn't play that many games for Glasgow since he's been there. No, and I wonder if this means that he'll start playing for Samoa because I guess I kind of assume that's why he hadn't been called up to the squad because he was holding out to play for Scotland. Yeah, I suppose so. So, yeah, he's obviously given up on singing all flower of Scotland. Given well. up on his dream. Yeah, I know. That's a real shame. Well, best of luck, young Brian um, down in Toulon. Uh, we'll, we'll see, uh, Edinburgh will see him. Yes, He'll will. be coming back straight away. That'd be interesting, actually. That'll be very interesting to see how he gets on. Um Speaking of Edinburgh, Phil Burley, who was let go by the club in the summer, has signed for the Japanese super rugby club, the Sunwolves. Yeah, clearly just living the dream. He's just like gone back home to Christchurch, playing a bit of Mitre 10. He's off to Japan for an absolute bag load of cash. How big a payday is that? Oh, and then he's just probably going to head back to like the farm in Otago for a wonderful little retirement. Fair play to him. I mean, it, it sounds like a real nice life. <laughs> He's done really well. Well yeah. done, Phil. Uh, so that is happening. We'll keep an eye on that. It's one for our Scots abroad. Um, and just, it's not really news, but how good is Duncan Weir playing down at Worcester? I love him. 
He's too good. King Pudding. The King Pudding. He's been upgraded. Yeah, he was the Pudding. He he now deserves to be called the King Pudding. I, I think as a podcast, we are very harsh, but I think we're also very good at putting our hands up when our our rhetoric goes a bit wrong. I yeah. mean, I think we were critical of Duncan Weir when he was playing really, really badly for Edinburgh or Glasgow and Scotland. Yeah. But no, like he's down at Worcester. He's playing some great stuff. They've just put 50 past Bristol, which is like an effective relegation six-point battle victory. And they're, they're cheering his name down there. They can't get enough of him. No, I agree. And I, look, I think probably part of it is he's got Francois Hogard to his left and he's got Ryan Mills to his right. Yeah. They're two like neo, pretty much world-class players. Yeah. And they just see, he just seems to be improving, improving. Do you know why he's improving? Is it because of Solomon? It's because of Alan Solomon. <laughs> What's that all about? Alan Solomon's is good now? We're going to do a deep dive on this in a later pod. Is Alan Solomon's a good coach? I I think that's an eight-part sort of (laughs) docu-series. We're going to have to get a bit of investment for that. Cool. If anyone wants to fund that docu-series... Please get in touch, yeah. yeah. We can also look into the sort of... Well, they've also got a new owner. The SRU Trojan horse has failed. Yes. No, I saw that. Which is a real um, shame. There was a bit of chat that SRU were still kind of floating around that bid but obviously they were outbid by this consortium from like the swindon town owner um but yeah poor dodson poor dodson couldn't get his trojan horse down maybe that's maybe that's why Stuart hogg was in newcastle this week ah he is he's tapping them up he's keeping them sweet i mean newcastle makes a lot more sense (laughs) yeah (laughs) geographically it makes way more sense i think we've veered out of the uh the news section there yeah. a little bit. <laughs> um, before we get into looking ahead, obviously, to the first weekend of um, Heineken uh, Champions Cup rugby this weekend, why don't we have a quick look back at two bonus point wins for the Scottish teams last weekend. Um, Glasgow with a very impressive five-point win against Zebra, or at least a very impressive second-half win um, against Zebra. 36 points to eight. And that was tries from Lee Jones, George Turner, Peterson, and Horn. Two from Horn. Hastings with his kicking boots on. Um, Alan, what did you make of it? I mean, it's five points at home. They're top of the, the conference. They seem to have bounced back fairly well after the two weeks ago you know, shit show against the Southern Kings. I mean, yeah. it's you got to remember it was 10-8 at halftime. Yeah, I mean, the second half was good. The first half was quite bad. I think just looking at the at the first half, I think we had something like 30% possession and we were pretty abysmal apart from Hugh Jones' try in the first sort of like six, seven minutes. Which was a really sweet try. I mean, it was pretty banging. That was absolutely... Hastings just too good. He beats. His feet are so good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but going back to it, I think if... Now, obviously, it would be a very different pack going into that game against Saracens. But if we play like... If Glasgow play like they did in that first half, we will be 30 points down at halftime. Fact. <laughs> Genuine fact, we will be. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I and just... I think it's good that they managed to at least get some some credibility back in the second half. I think scored a couple of great tries. And probably, again, the great thing for both Rennie and um, Townsend is... I thought Hastings, Dunbar, and Jones had their second run out together, and again, all three looked really, really good. Yeah, Dunbar certainly looks like he's really coming back onto onto a game, and that looks like a really nice axis. Again, the Dunbar Jones yeah. centre partnership that's worked so well for Scotland is looking really, really nice Absolutely. for Glasgow. First time it's actually properly clicked. Yeah, for Glasgow, I thought George Turner had a really good game, really impressive carrying. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think in the first half, he was probably one of the few forwards that actually kind of stood out. Um, Greg Peterson made a break. To- Greg, Greg Peterson, who will never play for Glasgow again, Alan Little. Last <laughs> Makes week. a break and scores a try. <laughs> he must have had some kick up the arse after the um, yeah. Kings game. Nick Frisbee's still not managed to get his way back in after the game, though. He's actually working for Malcolm Group now. <laughs> he's, he's been seconded. Yeah. It's look, you know what? I think second half, good performance, but they've got to put they've got to increase it by a couple more gears if they're gonna have any chance this weekend. Yeah, and we will come on to review that once we've spoken to Mike Blair. Shall we chat about the one big discussion point we haven't chatted about from the Glasgow game? We can, yes. Stuart Hogg's 
hair. His new hairline. It is a new hairline. That hairline has moved. I think it is a new hairline. It's, he's got plugs. I think, and, you know, he's joining, you know, literally royal lineage, I think. Actually, no, he hasn't. I was going to say Prince William's had hair plugs, but he hasn't, has he? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he has. I mean, the only person I know is Rooney. Rooney and Andy Good Andy famously Good. have had the hair plugs. Uh, you know what? He, he looks good with it. He will better than he did. So Comple- fair play. Completely fair play. If he wants if he wants to go and do that, like And he's kind of enough of he's enough big time now that he can kind of just get away with it. Does what he wants. Yeah, I mean it's been interesting that nobody's sort of I would have thought maybe on social media some of the lads might have given him a little bit of stick or something like that, but he's obviously the king. They can't they can't come for him too much. Yeah, but he also kinda of comes across as like a bit sensitive. Do you think? You see some of the stuff when people have put stuff up on Twitter where he's like actually kind of come back and responded to them oh do you remember the night he shouted at david soul yeah at like four in the morning <laughs> but he clearly struggles a bit with kind of yeah. taking that sort of abuse so maybe he's just one of those people where they just can't can't kind of give it out as much yeah fair enough i mean i think he's also added about 50 to 100k on his contract because he's way more marketable in france now that lid was holding back big that's style. true that is true. So, no, good on Hog. We like it. Good on There was some uh, little bit of, I think it was a Mark Palmer story that the, the SRU are going to table a sort of record bid to make Hogg the only player in Scotland earning over 400k. I mean, yeah, I get, maybe. And maybe that's enough to keep him. There is, there is a big part of me that thinks we shouldn't be paying more than 400k for Hogg. No. Because I think with the amount of teams we have, and the lack of space for, for for development in the Scottish game, the model has to be that players like Hogg and Russell yeah. move on when they're sort of 26, 27, 28. Scottish rugby has taken him as far as it possibly can. Yeah. And, you know, he's still going to start for Scotland regardless of where he's playing. Yeah. So I, 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 let him go. And there's part of me that thinks that whilst obviously Hogg leaving Glasgow is going to have an impact on Glasgow... It's not going to have as big an impact as, say, someone like Johnny Gray leaving. Yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, no. Um, See what happens. But it's, uh, the uh, a very, um, a very, he's got loads of caps, Warrior, um, to a first cap. David, or Tavita Tamalau, came off the bench at the weekend. Yeah. Hit one or two rocks, made one or two yards. Looks fine. Fine. The thing is, I know everyone's chatting about how he's like this big, impressive ball carrier, but actually, you know, maybe I'm maybe it's an unfair comparison, but in my head, I automatically compare him to Bill Matter, and he's just not even close to being in that sort of league. No, absolutely. And maybe over time, it's something that will sort of develop, but when he had the ball or when he was making tackles or rucks, he wasn't bringing that level of aggression and power that I was qu- quite hoping. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a little bit of a cameo. It's his first ever appearance. Let's see how he goes. I'd be surprised if he's in and around the squad for the weekend against Saracens. Um, but be- best of luck to him, uh, David or Tavita Tamalai. Yeah. Whatever he is called. Um, and a wee bit of a shout-out to Adam Nicholl as well. He had a great game for a young prop. Well yeah. played. Coming out of Sterling County, done well. Good lad. He'll be a good one to watch in the years to come. Right, Edinburgh got back. Well, not go back to winning. Continued winning ways with another five points, thirty-seven twenty-one against the Cheetahs. Um, tries from Big Ben Tulis, uh, Darcy Graham, who is looking red hot. Big Bill Matter and friend of the pod, who you are about to hear from, Jamie Ritchie, cross the whitewash as well. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt, Alan, back to back five points for Edinburgh. Happy with that. You know what, maybe slightly more happy actually with the Edinburgh result than I was the Glasgow. I think Edinburgh controlled that whole game apart from, as Jamie Rich will say say in the interview, for about 10, 15 minutes after the second half. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of stuff in that performance that Cockrell's going to be happy with. I think Simon Hickey and Pergos are starting to gel a lot better. I'm really impressed with Pergos. I think he's playing some really, really nice rugby. Yeah, no, I think think he's he's what Edinburgh need at the moment and I think he because he's and Hickey's kind of appears to be slowly each game sort of improving his performance and kind of stamping more authority in the game and I think increasingly he's going to become actually more of a standout player yeah definitely Bill Matter just keeps being 
amazing. What was what was the stat you were reeling off off air? I think Bill Matter made a hundred and thirteen yards, and then the rest of the starting pack made a hundred and twenty yards. <laughs> it's just you know that's what he does. He runs and he makes yards. It's quite extraordinary. And but the only the only thing is I feel is you've got you've got Matter, you've got Bradbury again. Bradbury had a really good game, big ball carrier, makes yards. But then almost Hamish Watson looks like he's a little bit unsure of what his role is in that team. Cause, yeah. Because you've got Mata, Bradbury, and McAnally, who are all really good and strong ball carriers. And then you've got your Gilchrists and your Tulises, who they'll do the tackles, they'll do the rucks, et cetera, et cetera. I just feel like Watson's not sure like what his role is because I think in the Scotland team, he takes on a lot of that ball carrying because Barkley and Wilson can't offer as much as people like Matt and Bradbury. So it's almost like he's having to play a different role for Edinburgh than he's going to have to in the Scotland team. That's a really good point. And I wonder, and I, I, I just wonder if actually going into this Montpellier game, we'll come to it later, whether you end up actually bringing in someone like Jamie Ritchie, who's maybe a little bit more dynamic on the ground. Yeah, and we'll, we don't know what the team is is looking no. like yet. So it'll be interesting to see how they decide to front up to that big Montpellier um, pack. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty small team. But I, I mean, like, this is essentially a Scotland, or they're all Scotland qualified or Scotland cap front five. Roy Sutherland, Stuart McNally, WP Nell, Ben Toulis, Grant Gilchrist, Magnus Bradbury, Hamish Watson. Seven players that have played for Scotland, and if they're on a Scotland squad, you'd be like, eh, there yeah. they are. That's a Scotland pack. I mean, basically every player in Edinburgh, Glasgow, kind of <laughs> has a Scotland cap. Like, it, it's just how it works. It is kind of how it works. But I suppose that is a extremely good front five, anyway, that Edinburgh have got to yeah. base. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it goes up against the sort of the superstars of um, Montpellier at the weekend. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, so, without further ado, let's get into that uh, look ahead to the um, Champions Cup uh, preview. Edinburgh versus Montpellier. We have chatted to um, back rower Jamie Ritchie, and we started off by asking him how the mood is in camp, looking forward to that return to the top table of European rugby. I think we're all pretty excited. Um, in previous years, well, since I've been there, I know we've always been in the the different, well, what do you call it? I don't know what Cocker's name is for it, but uh, the lower <laughs> tier of Europe. Um, uh, so, yeah, we're really excited because they've kind of been used as games to kind of send a bit of a bomb squad to, but obviously the, now we're going to Montpellier, so it's a, it's a huge opportunity for us to test ourselves against some of the biggest names in Europe. Uh, absolutely. And, um, I mean, Montpellier, they've got bag loads of cash and then an absolutely massive pack. How, how do you prepare for to go up against a side like that? Um, I think we've just got to kind of stick to what to what we've been doing well. I think there's, there's things that we do that can kind of combat their strengths and uh, hopefully we're a bit more mobile and fitter than them. So hopefully outlast the 80 minutes and we'll see how we get on. But uh, no, you, you've got to prepare for the physical challenge, obviously. So we've done a bit, a bit of contact today in training. So that's always fun. But uh, yeah, no, looking forward to it. So when are you guys flying out to Montpellier? I think we'll fly out on Friday. So usually our week kind of goes if we're away. We'll do a team run and then we'll fly out that day, the day before. So it'll be Friday. And, and what's the the ambition within the group? As we say, it's, it's been a wee while since since Edinburgh have been in the in the Champions Cup. I mean, what is the group sort of um, aiming for? Is it is it qualification and getting to those knockout stages, or is it just a sort of a good showing home and away? No, I think. If you're in any competition, you want to do well. So I think for us, it's approaching it the same way we'd approach any game, and that's trying to win it. So um, the old cliche, take every game as it comes, but by all means, I think we've got an opportunity to go over there and, and surprise a few people, especially Montpellier, and I'm sure Van will have them ready for us coming. But um, no, we're really looking forward to it, and I think uh, it's a massive opportunity for us to show how far we've come in the last last 18 months. So no, I think we're all looking forward to it. No, it's going to be exciting. I guess, how have you found the start of this season? Obviously, there's a few kind of close losses to kick off the season. It kind of feels like the team's starting to get its rhythm again. How's, how's it been for yourself? Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed the start of the season. It's good to be involved. I think it's the first time I've been involved in every every game of the season so far for the first few. So, yeah, really happy with that. And um, 
obviously, yeah, we've had those couple of close losses, but I think we were in the game for well, all of those games, and we had opportunities to win both of the two close ones that I can think of, and then the Leicester one probably was the right result, but then again, in there, there's opportunities for us to, to score a few more points and potentially run them a bit closer, so yeah, I think we've the kind of win versus losses kind of doesn't really tell the whole story, but no, I think we're we're kind of back to winning ways now. We obviously had a bit of a squeaky performance against Treviso, which we were a bit disappointed with, but uh, we're we're a bit more happy with with last Friday night, and I think we played pretty well, apart from those 10, 15 minutes after the half where yeah. we looked a bit squeaky again, but then it's never going to be perfect, so there's always things to work on. So hopefully, again, this week it'll be a bit better. Squeaky always makes it a bit more exciting, though. So, <laughs> yeah, not for us though. <laughs> not for us, because you know what you're gonna get if you end up messing up. So, <laughs> you've uh, you've always been a really dynamic back role player. I guess for you personally, what Thanks. are kind of the key things that you've been trying to look to improve this year? Uh, I want to be a bit more of a presence uh, over the ball. So. Post contact, post tackle, and stuff like that, and try and get a few more turnovers, which has always been a kind of strength of my game. Well, hopefully, it's always been a strength of my game, and um, it's just something I want to keep doing better because I think that's something that makes a real difference to the team. And uh, trying to get a bit more involved in attack, I think um, I've always been a reasonably good defender since I've been playing for Edinburgh because it's slightly easier than attack, I guess. But um, <laughs> well, I find it anyway. But uh, yeah, it's trying to get a bit more involved. Um, I do quite a bit of stuff in the wide channels, just in the way our shape kind of works. So really enjoying that side of things at the moment. So, yeah, right, and, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned making more of an impact at the the breakdown. Obviously, John Barkley's picked up a long term injury, but what influence has he had in and around the camp, particularly with uh, the back row players? Yeah, um, obviously he's got a wealth of experience. So if you ever need to ask any questions, he's there and he's there for team meetings and stuff. So he always, he always chips in with his, his wealth of knowledge. So uh, it's been great. Yeah. It's good to have him around. Obviously he's a, he's a big character and he's obviously a leader within whatever team he's involved in. So it's good to have, good to have him about, but unless he's not been in with us training stuff. So it's been a bit more difficult to kind of, rack his brains because he's on a different schedule from us but it's been great to have him around and hopefully when he gets back to back fit he'll be back to his best and helping us win some games <laughs> you um just looking at the Scotland Scotland team, had um your first cap against Canada in the summer how yep. how was that for you how was that for yourself and what's kind of your goal going into 2019 yeah I was obviously delighted to get my cap um was delighted to be named the squad and then to get that start in the first game was over the moon it's something you've dreamt about uh, since you were young and since I've been playing rugby it's always something that I've aspired to do so yeah I was delighted to kind of achieve to achieve that but then again it gives you kind of a hunger for more and um, so hopefully at some point I'll get a, a chance to run again and if I'm involved in the autumn that would be great and if not then hopefully I'll push to get involved for the Six Nations but um just kind of the best way to get into a squad is to play well so if I can play well for Edmund hopefully then Graham will give me a shout no, yeah absolutely and I guess how how do you find that kind of the, the balance between sort of competition and playing with each other in Edinburgh squad I know in the back row there's sort of five or six of you who are all sort of pushing for that starting position how, how do you find that impact sort of training and sort of kind of off field your work yeah uh, it's, it's difficult to kind of explain it because you're all such good mates um, yeah. so you, you don't you don't say you don't like go hunting for them in training or anything like that but there's obviously like everyone everyone trains hard and it's just good and makes us all better and we all do work-ons and stuff together um, just to try and make each other better but there's I don't, I don't think there's really any hostility as I don't know if people imagine there would be but there's no we don't like try and smash each other at training or anything like that. Um, but no, it's it's good, and then obviously there's there's loads of guys. We've got a, a bit of strength and depth in uh, the back row, but it kind of means for us. Hopefully, it means we're a bit fresher yeah. throughout the year because Cocker's kind of kind of kind of afford to rotate, and he's not kind of flogging the same four boys every week because he doesn't trust the other ones. I mean, you look at who we've got in the back row and there's about four or five combinations that you could use in, 
that everyone would be saying it's a good team. So, yeah, I guess we're in a good place. We've got a, a wealth of back row, but it's, it's difficult sometimes. You're like, oh, I want to start, but then you understand that it's not going to be this. It's not going to be every week because obviously rotation comes into it, and then form comes into it as well, and combinations and how Cockers wants to approach the game. So. No, That's much good. much high quality, much more high quality answer than my question. Um, <laughs> I guess you know you're still sort of a young guy, 22, but you know yep. you, you obviously had your first cap for Edinburgh at 18. Is um, how have you seen yep. that club develop, especially now with Cockers being in for sort of a year and a half? Yeah, massively. I mean, there's been quite a big change in players, especially. I think we had what 16 leave last year, and I think my first year there's 11 who left. So seen quite a few players come and go. Uh, I think there's still a core of guys who've been there throughout, like Gilco and Stuart McAnally, Faz McKenzie, uh, Hamish, Tom Byrne, those guys who've kind of been constants throughout and they were always your guys who were, who were big club guys and throughout even the, the times when we weren't playing well, they were always playing well. So, um, yeah, I think there's the, the feeling around the club is much different like everyone's always been close but now it's not just a good gut bunch of mates it's a good rugby team as well and uh, I think you see from the, the first few games of this year that teams especially are showing us a bit more respect and putting out their, their best sides and where we caught a few by surprise last year everyone's preparing really well for us this year I think that's potentially what you've seen in the first few games of the season when we had those narrow losses you saw the team's reactions when they won those games they were delighted so it's a kind of a it's a bit of a compliment to us and a compliment to how far we've come but yeah I think we're in a good place and we can only really get better You've um, you've got yourself George Horn Ferguson Brothers Cam Fenton Murray McCallum all Strathallan alumni what the hell are they putting in the water up in Perth? Absolute conveyor belt of talent. Well, most of us are from Fife anyway, so I think um, <laughs> something, something from there. But uh, I don't really know. It's just it was a good a good age group, and I've, I've known George since I was like three. And uh, Cammy's obviously been best mates with George since they've been at school. So like it helps to know that there was people who you knew there. So when the offer came, it was easy to kind of make that transition because your best mates were already there kind of thing yeah so it just ended up being that it was a it was an opportunity for us all to be together and we had a half decent team so have you played uh, have you played at all down at Howard Fife before then yeah so I played well not before I went to Strath so I went to Strath in, in second year of high school so I went quite early me and George started at the same time so he was in third year of high school and I went in second year which is fourth and fifth form in Posh, you'll talk. <laughs> what are you trying but, to say? Um, no, nothing. Uh, but then Cammy came a couple of years after that, and then Murray came for his last two years. So uh, and so did Xander, I think. But Matt was there early. But yeah, no, we we played at High Five for our last two years at school. So I played the fifth and sixth year, and then so played senior rugby in sixth year for for the High Five ones. With, a few guys who are playing Prem 1 now and George and Cammy, so it was good fun it's a good really good team there as well absolutely well um, best of luck um, for the weekend we're certainly going to be cheering on hoping for uh, an Edinburgh an Edinburgh win and hope you go well thank you very much it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
Cheers, Cheers Jamie. What do you think uh, Cockers calls the uh, the Challenge Cup? Um, I know the pod isn't exactly PG, but I think even the, it might be too extreme for, for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I do remember somebody in the Edinburgh office telling me that they had to like cordon him off because of his language. <laughs> when, he's in, when he's in like the office with like the admin, the finance team, effing and blinding, they're just like, listen, you've got to go in there. You can't, you can't be doing that out here. It's... Uh, it's cool, like you know. It's probably all part of like the mindset thing. He's like trying to tell the players, he's like, "You are not a Challenge Cup team. We are a Champions Cup team." Yeah, absolutely. It, that is below you now, and I think um, I think that's definitely something that Cockrell has brought to that squad. Yeah, absolutely, and great to hear from uh, Jamie Ritchie, someone who's obviously been there for a few years now and seen it seen it change. I mean, what a great environment for him as a young back rower to be in amongst John Barkley, Hamish Watson, Bill Matter, and other young lads coming through like um, Magnus Bradbury. Amazing. So competitive in that back row. Yeah, it's it's incredible. But as we say, um, and we mentioned in there, Montpellier, a huge, huge challenge physically. They've got absolute Galacticos. They've got bags of cash. They've got Big Vern. Um, what's your view of this game at the weekend? Do you think Edinburgh have got a chance going down there? Um, I, I think they've got a slim chance. I honestly do. I think... I saw, obviously, Cruzen's out injured and Goosen's now out injured. So yes, I saw that. Two two of Montpellier's main ball players are now out of this game, so they're sort of struggling for who they're going to have at 10. Obviously, they've still got Pinar at 9, which means you're pretty class. You're all right. You're but, all right in terms of game management if you've got Pinar at 9. I think almost Edinburgh have got the better team to neutralise Montpellier than Glasgow did last year. Yeah, I agree with that. Glasgow last year just got a bit bullied and obviously Nadolo then just sort of walked through Tommy Seymour. Yeah. Um, and I think, just back to what you're saying, that pack, the Sc- basically the Scotland 7 plus Bill Matter need to sort of step up. It, it needs to be a huge performance. Partic- I would say that Toulis and Gilchrist in the second row, absolutely, they need to be at their sort of last season's autumn international level where they were absolutely men. Yes. The New Zealand game where the pair of them absolutely stepped up and went huge. Yeah. That's the sort of level they need to find this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And if you talk about Nadolo versus Tommy Seymour, what about Nadolo versus Darcy Graham, possibly <laughs> this weekend? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if you can do that. Darcy Graham, Ta- talking about how so Adam, Adam Nichol v. Makovunapolo is, like, unsafe. Darcy yeah. Graham v. Nadolo's got to be unsafe. Uh, yeah. Um, it's going to be a very, very interesting one to see how that works out. But um, I wonder if they might... <sighs> I don't even know who you put it. The thing is, it doesn't really matter who you put it against Nadolo. You just, it doesn't matter, no. I just wonder whether you almost put in... I was going to say someone like Chris Dean. Of course. <laughs> the answer to every problem is not Chris Dean. <laughs> well, the thing is, because he's got a bit of... He used to be back row. He's a tough tackler. I just wonder if you're just like, look, I'm putting you on this wing and your job the whole day is to tackle Nadolo. It's a terrible job. I genuinely can't believe your answer to this is Christine. I can't wait till Cockrell puts his team sheet up and Christine's on the wing. I will give you a hundred pounds <laughs> if that if Christine is on the wing to Mark Nadolo. Um but look, I think as you said, I think Montpellier's backline's having a couple of injury issues. Yes, they've got Pickamoles, Duplessis, maybe about seven other South African forwards. But it's not anything any of these players haven't faced before at international level. I agree with that. It's just can they can they haven't played at that standard this year, and, yep. they, and they've got to be able, they've just got to raise it. I I genuinely think that if that Edinburgh Edinburgh pack plays to its ability, they can stop that Montpellier team. Yeah, I don't I, know how I'm being so positive. No, I've got a, I've got the feeling as well though. It's gonna be a big, <laughs> it's gonna be a big European night. Oh, I can't wait. Do you know when Glasgow, when Glasgow went down to Welford Road and put 40 on Leicester? Yeah. It's going to be that. Oh, God. Edinburgh going down there. and I'm, I'm feeling really positive and excited <laughs> about it. This is exactly why supporting <laughs> Scottish rugby is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> because we let ourselves do this to ourselves. It's true. But it's just great. I mean, it's, it sounds like a bit of a trite point, but it is just great for Edinburgh to be back at the top table playing in the Champions Cup and getting these big fixtures. <laughs> And it's going to make these players who are going to be playing for Scotland in about a month's time, yeah. provided they get through injury-free, these sort of big hardening up matches make them much much fitter and, and ready for South Africa, Argentina in the November test. I mean, for Gregor Townsend, you've essentially got <laughs> basically the two teams that you're going to pick from playing Montpellier and Saracens. Who in those teams steps up to the plate? Yeah, it's an amazing opportunity for the lads and for him to see guys... Um, 
getting uh, getting tested at the highest level. So, quick prediction then. What are you going to give me in the Edinburgh game? <laughs> Edinburgh to win by two. Edinburgh to win by two. I, I, I don't know where I'm, what's happening. Maybe I'm at home. I'm relaxed. Some, is this happened. what you're like It's the home? cat. It's the cat. The cat. <laughs> Little Alan, Jac- Alan Jacobson is giving off the good vibes. Yeah. I'm going to back you up as well. I've just got a feeling about it. <laughs> Edinburgh by five points. We've gone so rogue. Montpellier beat Toulon at the weekend. I don't care. <laughs> Here we go, Edinburgh. We're back to you. Um, so now to help us uh, preview Glasgow, we have spoken to Glasgow Warriors skills coach and 85 cap Scotland legend, Mike Blair. Delighted to be joined online by Glasgow assistant coach, uh, Mike Blair. Mike, how are you? Hi there, very well, thanks. And you're joining us from beautiful Largs. What are, uh, what are Glasgow up to there today? It's not been quite so beautiful Largs today. It's been torrential rain. We've been, we've been training indoors. Um, so we just, um, you know, obviously first European game coming up uh, and it's a long week we've got. So we went from a Friday game against Zebra to a, a Sunday game against Saracens. So we thought it was a good opportunity to get away for a couple of days. The whole squad was here in the summer when the weather was a lot better. Um, and the, the guys had a great time. The facilities up here are, are brilliant. So um, we thought we'd uh, have a couple of days up here to hone some of the things we were looking at um, and trying out against Saracens. Great stuff. And, and, and Saracens, obviously a team, they don't have a huge number of, uh, of weaknesses. How, how do you guys go about preparing for a side like that? No, they're, uh, they're really impressed right for aren't they? I mean, they've been, they've been absolutely flying in the, in the premiership. But, you know, with, with all teams, there are areas that we'll, we'll look to, to target and, and think that we can get some change from. Um, but, you know, we're aware that we need to be right at the top of our game to, to give them a run for their money. Is, uh, is Petrus Duplessis giving any insight? From his time as Saracens, <laughs> I don't spend much time in the forwards. So <laughs> I'm sure um, I'm, I'm sure John and Humphreys have been uh, grilling him for information from his uh, his time there. But he's, he's an impressive character, Petrus. He's only been in with us um, uh, today, so he's come in learning all the plays and everything. There's a lot, lot on his plate, but I mean, he's 37 years old. He's 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 an old man. He's the same age as me. Um, and uh, he's doing really well. He's, he's kept himself in, 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 and we're really confident he'll be able to do a, a good job for us this season. I think one of the things that sort of defined Glasgow over the last, especially sort of 12, 18 months, is just how strong they are at Scottsdale. And I know there was a stat going around today that I think Glasgow have been eight of the last nine Premiership teams um, at home. How, how big do you find sort of the Scottsdale atmosphere and um, kind of playing on that pitch. Oh, it, it, it's fantastic. I mean, you you look at. I think it's been pretty much sold out the last two seasons that we've played, um, which is just over seven. I think it's just over seven and a half thousand now. Um, you know, last week was was the same, and and it just gives the players, you know, and and the coaches a big a big boost, and um, you know, to have the the chance ringing down them I and mean, there's some. Some cracking um, chance that they've got. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, some appalling uh, rhymes that they get out there. But it just seems <laughs> to work. Um, but you know, it gives it gives the players a, a massive boost. You know, when you're when you're defending your try line for long periods of the game, uh, like we did against Munster, for example, or um, on or when we've got the ball and we're trying to batter down the uh the try line to, to score ourselves that extra little bit of energy that the crowd gives uh, is a massive boost you've uh, as a scrum half yourself obviously how have you found working with sort of horn price frisbee matt wallow there's sort of so much scrum half talent in that glasgow squad at the moment yeah, yeah it's um it's brilliant and and all of them are great to work with with um with nick frisbee coming in uh, his nickname's Pickles. I still don't know why he's called Pickles, um, but uh, he's he's come in and he's he's got a different opinion on things, and he's a completely new guy that I've had to work with. So I've, I've enjoyed it with him. Obviously, uh, George and Ali I know a little bit better through through my time with with Glasgow and, and Scotland as well. Um, so trying to kind of build more layers in their game and seeing confidence come out in their game's been been excellent. And and Nico's just. Um, He's just an absolute character to work, to work with. Um, is he and, actually uh, coachable, or do you just sort of let him do what he yeah. does? Yeah, no, he is. But I mean, the the thing about Nico, you've got to be careful before is is not to overcoach him. So, in terms of um, 
you know, the basic skills, the the kick, the pass, you know, you, we can we can drill those things, but you almost don't want to talk to them about the the instinct of the game and, and game management. And there's not much point in talking game management with him um, <laughs> because, you know, he'll, he'll instinctively do stuff, but he makes really good decisions as well. So and he's obviously played a lot for us on the wing, so he's, uh, he's versatile. We had a 6-2 split in the bench last week. Um, meaning that we could have uh, just Nico and, and Pete Horn on the on the, the bench in the backs because he's so versatile, which allowed us to have um, a couple of backers on the bench as well. So he's uh, he's good fun to coach and uh, and he's uh, a bit of fun on the pitch as well. When you you take a player like George Horn, who's just you know he's a complete rugby player. He's got that sevens background. I think he might have the world record on the Bronco. I'm not sure. <laughs> How what what do you what sort of do you focus on with a player like him as sort of a young scrum half? Yeah, I mean, first of all, his his bronco is ludicrous. <laughs> um, I, I don't I don't know um, you know if many of your, your listeners out there have had a shot at it, but he ran I think it was a four four minute fifteen, which is I mean when I, I when I came back and played for Glasgow, I, I hadn't done the bronco before. And, uh, and I remember speaking to Stuart Yule, who's, who's the Scotland um, strength and conditioning head coach now, and he, he was with Glasgow. And I kind of said to him, I was, I was a bit nervous, and I said to him, you know, what's, what should I be trying to get kind of time-wise on this? And obviously, I'm, I was a, a scrum half. And he said, oh, Mike, anything under five's good. And I ran a 4.53, and I was absolutely over the moon. And it's amazing how the games moved on in that, what's that, three, three seasons later, you know, George has taken taken kind of pretty much forty seconds off that, and um, you know these are just the the levels that these guys play at now, and the fitness that they showed, the the work that they do during training, they've done in the off season, that fitness allows them to to do their job as well as they do. So if, if you don't reach those those fitness levels, and that's when the issues with your your technique start coming in, and yeah. and where you're a little bit slow and, and inside support, and you you miss that opportunity to score a try where when you're fresh, you would have scored it. So it's something that we've really uh, drilled with the with the nines in particular that that fitness level to allow them to to um, to do their skills. He's probably a bit of a, a different type of nine, but uh, likely that Richard Wigglesworth typically plays these big games for Saracens, and one of their sort of key platforms and their their attacking strengths is, is the box kick game built around him landing on an absolute sixpence. Uh, mm. Which gets them onto the front foot. How how do Glasgow go about sort of um, preparing to defend against that sort of uh, that sort of tactic? Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. They they use that tactic for um, for territory and pressure, and 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 we're aware that that's something they're going to come with. So we've got to be really astute about about walking back in our channels and um, allowing the wingers to take the ball as as uncontested as possible. And um, you know, is a is a strength of theirs and. We, we have to be able to, to combat that to get ourselves into the game. So, I mean, we, we're comfortable that we've got um, a very strong counter-attacking team as well. So if we can put pressure on the, those exits, if we can do some damage there as well. Brilliant. Um, and obviously, you must be delighted in the last couple of weeks in particular, some of the, the big sort of midfield names, uh, Alex Dunbar and Hugh Jones coming back uh, and really looking sharp again as uh, these big games come around. Yeah, I mean, Alex had... Um, a lot of issues with with injuries last season, um, and he's been able to put a string of games together now. And he, he's really important to us. He's a he's a big physical presence. He, he gets us over the game line, and he's he's very good at his post tackle work as well. And and Hugh Jones, a very difficult season for for Hugh last last year, going straight from South Africa into Scotland into yeah. into us as well. And um, and he's he's bedded in really well this season. So he's had his um, his surgery on his on his wrist. Um, he's had a good full preseason, and uh, and he's looking sharp, and we're we're reaping the benefits of that now. Absolutely. I get one looking back at your career. I was uh, I was looking at saw so your first cap was uh, Scotland Canada back in two thousand and two <laughs> with Duncan Hodge and the Chainsaw at twelve. What sort of <laughs> memories have you got from that first tour to Vancouver? We lo- we lost. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, that that was my major one. It was actually. We um we tri- the the game was played in a stadium called the Thunderbird Stadium, um, <laughs> and uh, there was basically there was basically one stand, and it was filled with kind of fields around on the outside. And you know, you as a kid growing up, you have those 
those dreams of what it's like to run out and play for Scotland. And I reckon there were about 3,000 people there. Um, <laughs> and it, it was pretty miserable from, from start to finish. And we actually, when we when Canada in the, in the summer, we actually trained at the Thunderbird Stadium. <laughs> and, uh, and it's since been, um, it, there's a, an artificial surface on it now. And I remember I messaged Mossy uh, Chris Chris Patterson and took a picture of the Thunderbird Stadium and kind of said, "Oh, you know, get, guess where we are." And, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh Christ, that was 16 years ago," and that kind of hits home how how old I'm um, now. But um, no, not I mean, great great memories. It was my first Scotland tour, uh, so great memories from from that side of things, but uh, not not the most memorable of um, of matches. And I guess you're looking at someone like Adam Hastings, who's kind of coming into the setup. How different is it for sort of a 20, 21 year old coming into that Scotland setup than it was for someone like yourself? Um, I, I mean, I, I guess Adam and myself would be fairly similar in how we came in. He hadn't played a, a huge amount of um, professional rugby before he got he got capped. I, I got capped pretty much straight out of playing for for Barmere. Um, so it's a bit of a, a shock to the system for, <laughs> for me. So, I mean, there's, um, you know, there's, there's that side of things where Adam will have played a handful of games, but I mean, he's a, he's a really confident chairman. And I, I think it's something that we see a lot with these young guys coming through who've got talent. A lot of them are, are very confident. And, and in a position like 10, you, you need to be confident. You need to be able to, to boss people in around. And I think with this season being the first season where I'd, Adams played a, a continuous amount of game, you know, week on week. You know, we've seen his his confidence really grow and bossing people around and and shouting at people and telling them that they're not doing a good enough job, but obviously commending them when they're doing a good job as well. It's great to see that leadership role coming out in him as well. No, absolutely. I mean, Adam Hastings is absolutely on fire at the moment. It's it it's been great to see, especially with obviously Finn Russell leaving. I think ourselves were pretty worried about whether he was going to be able to step up into that 10 role. But I think you're right, the confidence and sort of class just kind of has been right on show for the first sort of six games this season. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, let's let's not discount Pete Horn in there as well. You know, Pete was um, was starting for Scotland in the, in the summer at 10 as well. So, you know, he's um, he's an impressive player in, at 10 as well. He can, all, all, uh, he can play play 12 as well so um you know th- there's a good um there's a good file with both and they, they work well together no definitely and uh just ju- just before we sort of wrap up i i couldn't go through the interview without um going back to sort of 2008 and the sort of scotland england 59 win in the rain i think it might be my favorite ever rugby game i've been at <laughs> Can you just uh, give us a bit of insight into into playing in that game and what the night li- night out was like afterwards? I'm not convinced you've got the score right. I think it was 15-9 in 2006, but was it not 18... Was it 18-12 in 2008? I'll... Uh... I mean, it it, it wouldn't know, be the first fact we've got wrong on this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you're, you're more likely to get that right than me. I, 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 I thought 2006 was 15-9. Well, when uh, it was we'll, um, we'll four, four penalties, isn't it? Yeah, maybe checking that. That's just boring. Me now. Um, but no, the two thousand. So, so two thousand six was when the um, the camera came in. The TV camera came into the changing room, um, and I thought it'd be funny to pull my wife fronts right at my arse and do a kind of dirty <laughs> dancing. Not really, not really thinking that you know, anyone was going to see it. But then my mum had um, messaged quite soon afterwards to say, what on earth were you doing with your, your pants up your crack? Uh, <laughs> so that's 2006. Um, two, 2008, um, so it was the first game at Captain Scotland um, at home. And uh, I was just uh, amazing. I remember, I'd, like, I, I played about 75 minutes. I came off for the last five minutes. And um, and I went straight to the changing room to watch the game. It was on the, the telly in the changing room because I couldn't. I was so nervous watching. It. And I remember when the final whistle went. And it's one of these embarrassing moments. If you if you watch the end of the game, I come out of the changing room. And I, I'm actually in tears about it. And it wasn't like it's a strange because it wasn't so much tears of joy. It was kind of tears tears of relief because we, yeah. we'd had a, a really tough season that season. I'd had a I'd had a generally tough time throughout my my Scotland career, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it was it was just that that relief that we'd um, 
you know, we'd bought ourselves a bit of time, I guess it was, um, would be the best, uh, uh phrase for it. But, uh, we had a, we had a good night. I think we're on, um, on George street that, uh, that night, but it was, uh, like I, I'm, I'm bad at these things. After big games, I'm absolutely knackered. I go out for a bit, and I'm probably home before anyone else. And I'm boring, so you probably don't want to hear any of my boring stuff. <laughs> uh, Mike, well, thank you very much for uh, taking us down memory lane and for joining us this evening. Uh, best of luck to to the guys at, at the weekend against Saracens. Hope it gets off to a win. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, guys. So there you have it, Alan, Scotland legend Mike Blair's calling you out for fake news. Well, I've done my research. Wikipedia? Uh, no. BBC Sport. Ooh. March 2008, Scotland 15, England 9. And Blair was right. Well, he was subbed off in the 76th minute for Rory Lawson. Lovely. So, yeah, 15 9 in 2008 and 18 12 in 2006. So you were right for the first time ever? Literally, for the first time <laughs> ever, something I've said on this podcast has been factually correct. I'm very happy about that. I know. I'm happy for you. I can't believe it's finally happened. It's really, really good news. Um, that was great to hear from uh, Mike, all the way from Sunny Largs. God, oh the Glasgow God. Cl- training base. What an absolute. How much of a legend was he back in the day? Oh, I know. What a hero. <laughs> he was so good. He was like one of the best scrum halves in the world at one point. Yeah, I think because there was a year where, I think it was 2008 actually when they won that game, they said he got on the IRB Player of the Year list. Yeah. And then, I don't think he was in the initial score, but he ended up going on the all nine lines. It was, yeah, somebody got injured very early on and he went. Yeah. He didn't have a great tour though. Didn't no. see much action. That was, the, I think that was the tour where only, was it only Ross Ford got in any of the squads and I think he was on the bench in the third, third test. test. He got on, yeah. yeah. He got on. Oh, well. Shall we? Uh, let's have a, a little bit of a look ahead to the, to the Saracens game. We've talked about it in the weeks preceding on the pod. We don't give Glasgow much of a chance. You know, Petch Duplessis in. Glasgow are back to winning ways. Couple of wins under their belt. Do you think they've got any chance this, uh, this weekend? <sighs> Saracens are so good. They are like, so good. Against Bath a week and a half ago. And then whilst obviously they played Harlequins this weekend, and it was a bit wet... And obviously Harlequins gave a pretty spirited performance. Like Saracens just have that quality. Yeah. It's just that pack. Just Billy, Itoji, Cruz, Jamie George, Mako. Like that I know Petrus Duplessis is in, but just having that front row with people like Mako there, I just struggle to see how we can get the win. I think if we get a losing bonus point that's got to be a, a massive success. Oh, I think if you offered that, surely if you offered a losing bonus point to Dave Rennie right now, he'd bite your hand off at it. I don't know if he would. Do you not think? <sighs> Dave. I know. Oh, God damn you, Dave. <laughs> Come on, Dave. Um, uh, I mean... I just don't I just don't think... I know we went to the Glasgow Saracens game, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah. And I just think it's going to be the same as that, same as that game where that Saracens pack is just going to be too strong, dynamic and physical for the Glasgow pack. The Scotsman factor, though, we did see Exeter, uh, English champions, coming up last year to Scotsman and losing to, to Glasgow. Couldn't Glasgow do that again? Can they find that? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a little bit with that game where Glasgow had nothing to lose. Yeah. You remember that try last season, which was which they scored probably the best try Glasgow scored last yeah, season. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I'd be surprised if they went for something as outrageous as that, although with Adam Hastings probably starting, they do have someone that has that in his locker. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see Adam Hastings going up against Owen Farrell. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, we're talking really established England Lions starter. He's got bagfuls of international caps. He's kind of like the professional 10 or 12, wherever you put him. It's gonna. We talked about it on the pod previously, that difference between playing 10 against Zebra and playing 10 against, you know, Saracens or England or Ireland. Yeah. Like, this is a huge step up for him and it'll be really interesting to see how he handles it. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think, I know, he, I think he played against Munster at the start of the season, but again, yeah. it's just such a step up in quality. And you know what? To be fair to Hastings, every everything that's been put in front of him, he's absolutely smashed through. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, with probably Price, Hastings, Dunbar and Jones that that is a world class nine to thirteen. Oh yeah, it's just whether that pack can give them enough ball and quick ball for them to do anything yeah. with it. How are you finishing off that that backline? DTH um, on one wing, Tommy on the other. Um, oh, I was thinking about it. So I think Rude Jackson has looked 
a little bit down on form this year. A little bit. I think actually Hall's going to be a big, a big miss for this game. Um, there's part of me that wants to play Tommy at fullback and have Lee Jones and DTH on the wings. Yeah. Just because I think Lee Jones is looking good, and I think all three of them just give you so much more with the ball in hand. Yeah. However, I think I'm pretty certain it's going to be a DTH Tommy. Rui Jackson back three. Yeah, I would say that's probably what we're what we're gonna see. And what about in the pack? Do you think they will bring Patrick Deuce Plessis straight in? Uh, I think so. I th- I think they will. I I think they just need somebody who can stand against uh, Maka Vunipola. We talk, Mike Blair saying you know he's been in for literally one day. He's learning all the calls and stuff like that. That's yeah. a huge ask for him. But you know he's been part of Champions Cup teams. He has played at the highest level. Like he can scrum. Yeah, Bring the him thing. In. he can scrum, and at the end of the day, you should you should have enough around him with Fraser Brown and Kebble to yeah. that. F- if you have that front three starting, you'd like to think that they can at least hold their own. Yeah, absolutely. With that pack, and then I mean, Saracen's scrum was actually not that great last year. They have improved it a wee bit, but it's not Saracen's scrum is not what they're like unbelievably known for. No, that's true, and I wonder if in the second row they'll they'll try to bring in Rob Harley. That's what I was going to say. I would say they'll probably start Gray and Harley. Yeah. I think if Swinson had been a fit, they would start Swinson for his size. Yeah, I think you're right. But I just, I think this might be one game too far for Scott Cummings. Yes. And I think you want, they'll want to bring Harley in A, because he's a good line-out option, but just B, and just be be as much of a nuisance as possible at the breakdown. Because we know, again, when we went to Allianz Park last time, what Saracens did is they literally got over the gain line and just got so much quick ball. Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah. Jim Hamilton made like five turnovers. Jim Hamilton was like the best player on the park. It was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, And then back three, what do you think? Um, Matt Matt Fagg's been in for the last couple of uh, games. He hasn't made the impact I was hoping him to. No. Um, I mean, Gibbons is an absolute nailed on probably Wilson for the big game you can't see them not starting the two of them yeah I think it's going to be those two and Ash, and Ash yeah Ash who I think had a very good start to the season yeah I think he makes a, he makes a difference to that team no he's been good and I think uh, if you can put Ferguson on the bench and you know he's going to be able to get stuck in with 30 minutes to go yeah absolutely so what do you think that- Sunday Sunday lunchtime 4.30 kickoff I think 3.15 is it Three, yeah, it's three something. Anyway, you can have some food around <laughs> it. You can have a Sunday lunch before. Late lunch. It's going to be lovely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think, would Glasgow prefer it to be wet or dry? I don't think it matters. And that's the thing, I just don't know if it matters. I'm going for Saracens by 12. Yeah. One of my favourite correspondents on Twitter this week was when we were people were trying to find the positives in Glasgow Saracens and one guy piped up to say, well, I think it's going to help Glasgow that they um, they play on a 4G every week. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> As if Saracens don't also play on 4G <laughs> every week. No, I enjoyed that a lot. I really enjoyed I was like, that is the levels in which Scottish rugby fans will go to to try and find a positive that they might win. Yeah, I know. I loved it. Um, I agree with you. I can't see Glasgow. I think they're going to put in a very good performance. I think this team has... It's just got so much potential to put in a massive shift. And I think particularly at home, I think it will be within one, one and a half scores. You know, I think sort of seven to ten points, Saracens. Um, I can't wait for it, though. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. It's the, it's the mo- that specific Glasgow Saracens game is the most excited I've been about a game all season. Oh, massively. It's a, a proper test against one of the best teams in the world. It's yeah. really, really exciting. And it's a Scottsdale. It's a shame we can't get as excited. We're backing Edinburgh to win at Montpellier, for Christ's sake. We can't back Glasgow at home. <laughs> time, mate, times are changing. Times, they are changing. Well, we'll be back next week, hopefully uh, with a couple of wins under our belts um, to review the European rugby and look ahead to whatever's going on. Thanks again for joining us. Um, keep chatting to us on Twitter at ThistleRugbyPod. Join us over on Instagram for the memes, thistle understroke rugby understroke pod. And please keep the correspondence coming. We love it after the games. Give us your long, detailed breakdown. That is the thistle rugby at gmail.com. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.